Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Padres Hot Tub is brought to you by the Padres Hot Tub Patreon community. Hey, we're still a free podcast. You're listening to it right now, and that's never going to change. But we have a great community of well over 300 people who are supporting what we are doing as this small-time operation to make it even bigger. And those are the folks who go to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. And for most of them, for just as little as $5 a month, they get, Chris, enough things that I think uh, more than make up for, what, the cost of a third of a burrito. Yeah, you are you're not only supporting and help keep the lights on of the podcast, but you get access to our Discord. It's a whole new world. It's like, it's like putting your head under the surface of the ocean and seeing all the beautiful fish and dangerous animals lurking beneath. It's a whole new realm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You're, you're going to find out everything Padres probably before other people. You're going to find out stuff that other people don't get to hear about. I talked about at FanFest, how there was inside information about autograph stations and which lines were the longest. It's going to be that way all year. Uh, you're going to hear about all the things that you wouldn't know about otherwise just available on our Discord. Hey, we've had a couple people who signed up for Patreon in the last two weeks simply to join our fantasy leagues, which are happening exclusively for members of our Patreon community on our Discord. And the very last thing I'll say is Twitter is crap. Twitter is absolute crap right now. It's gotten so, so much worse. It continues to get worse. It's falling apart technologically. It's falling apart in culturally. And so if you love to have that online interaction, if you love to have that place that you go to to check for what's new, what's news, what's interesting, but also what's happening, where are their opinions, the Padres Hot Tub Discord is that place. It's it's a great place that's not going to be filled with a bunch of misogynistic weirdos uh, that are going to come out of the woodwork. Uh, it, it's going to be a place that's got respectful discussion uh, that, quite frankly, has been extraordinarily robust about all the things you're about to hear on this show over the last 72 hours. So check it out. Why don't you give it a dip your toe in for just five bucks? Go to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Padres Hot Tub. Padres Hot Tub, everybody. Craig Elston, Chris Reed, back with you. Our producer, Rafi Cantor, is here. It is Monday, February 20th, and for the first time in Padres Hot Tub history, this show is officially not COVID-free. However, 
Hi, Craig Elston, uh, with the COVID, uh, feeling very good, uh, day five, just waiting for a negative test. I am in my Corona cave, and uh, we record remotely these days anyways, Chris, so uh, no impact on Padres Hot Tub today. No, you you look fantastic. You sound even better. You sound better than me. I'm just dealing with ate a burrito for lunch-itis, and... uh, uh, and you're crushing, you're crushing the game, man. So happy to see you, uh, maybe not on your feet, but on your butt and sitting upright and smiling. Yeah. Feeling all right. Feeling all right. Thanks to everybody in the community, uh, who reached out last week. We are here. We are grinding. And this is a big show. First off, uh, where is the gavel? We are in regular order. Mm. A little earlier than we've done it in the past, uh. but here it is. February 20th, and we're in regular order. We've got Padres Hot Tub Mondays, group therapy at the end of the week, uh, Patreon podcasts in between, between now and the World Series. We are not going to talk again without the Padres playing games, even though they're exhibition games. By the time we're talking next week, some of them will have been played. That is exciting. And we'll be able to talk about something that's not speculation, rumor, (laughs) contract negotiation that we are not privy to uh, and have to and have to think about. Uh, Yeah, that is something I'm deeply, deeply looking forward to. But all that other stuff is on the docket uh, today. And while later we'll discuss Michael Waka, later we'll discuss Nick Martinez into the WBC, Xander Bogarts uh, and defense and injury. We know what the big story is, Chris. The big story uh, is what happened last week, uh, starting on Thursday. And it unspooled uh, in a a manner that could have been confusing and and worrisome and perplexing to a Padres fan. I think what our goal is here tonight is to kind of put all the pieces in order and maybe now look back at this winter a completely different way because Mm -hmm. I think this has been my friend, the biggest story that's been happening all winter long. And it finally, like the tip of the iceberg nosed out of the, uh, the nosed up from the the surface of the water at the end of this week. Well, that's an interesting take on it. I, uh, I do think a lot of things came to the head just because it's spring training. People are back in the buildings and like, you know, it's, it's things colliding deadlines, so to speak, colliding yeah. of, of just time moving forward, us hurtling through time and space towards whatever chaotic end we will find. Well, it started with Manny Ramirez, you know, typical clubhouse, uh, on, uh, Manny Ramirez. A- did I, I did it again. Did it again. He <laughs> was, he was a great boss. Can I, Red can Fox. I count COVID brain? I, I, I did it before when I didn't have, I want to count. Give me one COVID brain. Just give me one COVID brain. It's a Machado. Manny Machado. Yeah. Breakfast ball. Manny Machado, uh, on Friday, typical scrum, typical thing in the clubhouse, uh, you know, was asked and said, Hey, I've let the Padres know that I intend to opt out. Uh, now shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone at all we've gone all the way through this winter assuming he would opt out there's been a lot of you know written discussion 
uh, that Manny would opt out, but this was the first time Manny Machado said, uh, I am going to opt out and management knows it. Uh, and that led to, you know, a 24 hours of kerfuffle until Kevin AC, uh, delivered some, I think critical reporting that filled in the blanks of this Mad Libs, my friend, that we didn't know before. And and now to me paints a more complete picture. I mean, yeah, to a degree, um, to go like through it. Um, uh, Kevin AC reported that two days before the, the deadline that the Machado camp had given the Padres, which was the start of spring training, the Padres, uh, and they had informed the Padres that they were going to opt out in December. Two days before that deadline, the Padres gave them a contract extension offer of uh, five years on the deal at $30 million per and another five years at $21 million per. And that, that's the reporting. That's, the, that's kind of the stuff that I think we can lay down that we both believe, right? Like that, that feels very real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh exactly. That there was discussion in December. So right in order. There were discussions in December for winter meetings. There was a, there was a deadline given from Manny and his agent to the Padres in December. That deadline was February 16, which he knew would be basically right when they reported to camp. And that there were no offers until Valentine's Day. And then there was an offer that was, I'd say, intentionally designed to be rejected. Uh, because no, there's, I mean, we'll talk about it more, but there's no one, I believe, in their right mind who would offer that to Manny Machado expecting for he or his agent to go, yep, cool, let's sign up. Uh, an, an offer designed to be rejected. Uh, and then the next day, after not saying anything about this the entire time, Manny Machado speaks into a microphone and says, I am planning to opt out. I think it's very A, B, C straightforward in terms of what happened. There were things happening behind the scenes and then a deadline was missed and an offer really missed. And then you get the public statement very confident public statement from a very public confident man, Manny Machado, not Ramirez that uh, Manny Ramirez is also confident, but you know, Manny Machado, I'm going to opt out. And, and so now it's our turn. It's our turn to break this stuff down. Hmm. So was this the piece of information that we guessed at before, but now that we know it, is this what we needed to understand Xander Bogarts. I think going back to the Xander Bogarts signing, let, let's even go back a little bit in the timeline. The first discussion of Manny opting out that I remember happened during the wild card round of the playoffs. Like it was being talked about on ESPN or whoever the national broadcasting crew was at that time. Uh, and Tom Krasovic wrote about it in September, September 14th of 22, saying Padres face, a, you know, a quite, quite, quite an obstacle to keeping their team together in that this opt out that AJ Preller put in the contract. So this isn't a new discussion. 
we understood that Manny was likely to do this. Uh, almost certain, I think a lot of us took the position. So when the Padres make an offer to Trey Turner, trying to get him to come stay on the West Coast, giving him a very lucrative deal, and he scoots off to Philadelphia because he never wanted to be on the East Coast, turns it down. Then the Padres pivot to Aaron Judge. Uh, with you know this, the Aaron Judge reporting, it should be noted, nobody said that the Padres offered him a contract. It was all Correct. innuendo. And the Padres have never confirmed that they ever did offer a contract. Uh, and back at that time, I, I made a point of saying that the Padres have now been positioned to the point where an agent can say stuff like that, and the the national baseball writers will just take it and go, oh, the Padres offered more. I, I will hold out to my dying day, unless it's reported definitively otherwise, that this was a courtship intended to drive his price and that there never was an actual, a true offer ever made to Aaron Judge by the Padres. But we can't prove that one way or the no, other. No, I agree with you. I don't think there was a written contract proposed to him because I think Aaron Judge said, hey, guys, I appreciate you bringing me out here and showing me this crazy number. But I've kind of been decided you know, since the Yankees brought their offer up to reasonable terms from when I set my own deadline and they gave me an offer that I thought was too low, you know, very parallel situations with him and Manny. So the Padres don't get judge. Then they turn to Xavier. I think there are two lenses you can take on this. One, the Padres wanted to add a bat. They wanted four studs in their lineup instead of three. They're, they're already were super top heavy, but they wanted another quality bat because that's what they felt when they were missing, when they were going up against Philadelphia and having to face real Muto, uh, Hoskins, Harper and Schwarber all in a row. That's four friggin', you know, what did Aaron Boone call his guy? Savages. That's four savages. So there's one lens. You think maybe the Padres just wanted their four savages. The other lens is this is purely insurance perhaps even knowing that they don't intend to keep Machado. I tend to fall on the first, that the Padres thought their team wasn't good enough and that they went after Xavier. But I perfectly understand and said Andrew, at the time, this could Manny be Ramirez, insurance. Xavier did, did it. What did I do? You said Xavier instead of Xander. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Humphrey Bogarts. <laughs> All right, Xander. Oh man, yes. we're we're crushing okay. it tonight. Hey, you know it's okay. Um. All right, let 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 me let me build off of that. And maybe it's you know I'm not I don't think it's tin foil. I'm I'm a big Occam's razor guy. I'm a big Occam's razor guy. And. Before December, people were teasing AC. Yeah, before people were teasing AC in our Discord about, oh, he, AC was writing that the Padres have $25 million total to spend this winter. Dennis Lynn wrote the same thing. AJ Cassville mm -hmm. wrote something very similar. It wasn't a, a unique outlier position that Kevin AC got wrong. I'm willing to look at this and go, the Padres entered the winter. And they thought, we have $25 million to spend. We want to try and re-sign you, Darvish. We want to engage Manny Machado in talks. 
period. They looked at the market. They got the guys they wanted right away, right? Martinez, Suarez, creative deals, lowered AAVs, right in that $25 million only type bucket, right? We can sign Martinez at this. We can sign Suarez at that. We've still got a little bit more money left behind. Very much a conservative directed approach to the start of the season. Both of those happen within a week of free agency opening. It should be noted like almost immediately. I mean, almost before those guys really got a feel of the market. Suarez and Martinez were re-signed. Right. So if you started off with, we only have a limited amount, right? And we've got certain guys on our team. We want to keep, and we're going to, we're going to get those guys, right? Get those guys, lock that up. Now let's get to our next thing. Engage you Darvish's camp in extension talks. You begin and it's going well. Engage Manny Machado in extension talks. You begin and you realize at the first conversation that you guys aren't even in the same universe, right? That you guys are thinking about an extension that's going to be similar to every other deal the Padres are going to make the rest of the season, the rest of the offseason, stretch deals. We want to stretch you. We want to get you out to a number. And in doing so, we want to lower your average annual value. And Manny comes in with his agent saying, we want to raise our average annual value while extending the deal. Well, hang on. This isn't, we're we're not in the same place. We're not in the same place uh, as a franchise. So, big meeting, big huddle. Huddle up. What are we going to do? Can we do this? Do we want to do this? Is this the right baseball decision to make? What if we instead bend? There's a lot of players right now out on the market that make sense for this club that we could get on a long-term commitment that's not going to be what Manny Machado is looking for for the end of his career. And then at that moment, that's the moment that this team pivots that this franchise pivots to a go sign a big hitter strategy. Uh, and that strategy was one that they were not going to be doing prior to talking to Manny Machado. Then you get to February and you get to the situation that we're at right now. Uh, Chris, I know you jumped out for just a second at the very end of that, but basically I was just wrapping up the timeline of I feel like one led to the other, led yeah, to the other. All good. I think it's a very big assumption that the 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 people, including every reporter on the Padres beat, were correct in that the Padres intended to only spend twenty five million dollars because the Padres have put it out there for these people to report how many times in the past two three years that oh we're tight on the budget. We're not sure we can go over the CBT. We're going to have to keep our belt tight and then surprise the entire world with a signing, you know, or a trade or a move or something. I mean, it's been almost a half dozen times, it feels like, the past few years. So I think that's a little bit of an assumption that that was their exact game plan. Now, I'll definitely give you that, you know, they're realists and they know Manny Machado. And there are all these guys on the market. There's not going to be these guys on the market next year. So if we want insurance, if we want backup, 
if we want, you know, what's the engineering turd? They call it redundancy. Mm-hmm. And we got to make a move right now. And this is the time. And, and a lot of my perspective on this has to do with simply time and when things happen and, and what, the, if they happen at this place in time, what's the repercussion later? So I'm, it's going to be a recurring theme in how I talk tonight. Yeah, I, I, I just feel actions speak louder than words. Mm. And the Padres have said that they are committed to keeping Manny Machado here long term. The Padres have taken him to Coors Field to look at a locker room configuration, which is what you it's do. It's an action. To, it's an action, but it, it, it's a superficial action, right? It's not a contract offer. It's like, let's talk about the window dressing. You know, let, let's yeah. talk about carpet shag. You know, that's not, that's not dollars and cents. Uh, and when it came time to talk dollars and cents, the team gave a huge, completely out of left field, unprecedented commitment to another left side infielder for a team filled with left side infielders. They gave it to another one. Why that? Why not an outfielder? Why, you know, okay, well, there wasn't the perfect match. Is Xander Bogart's the perfect match? On a much smaller scale, we said the exact same thing when they signed, uh, you know, a young, uh, just fiendish shortstop out of the Korean League a few years ago. We've got our shortstop of the future. We got C.J. Abrams. Why do we need Hasung Kim? He makes no sense. He's extra. And $7 million a year? That's insanity. I know we're talking different scales here, but I think we've, we've heard this before. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I, my take now is that the Padres are much less optimistic about signing Manny Ramirez than they've let on. <laughs> Manny? Uh, I did it again. <laughs> they are completely confident they can sign Manny Ramirez. But fear they the repercussions <laughs> of a 45-year-old who hasn't made the Hall of Fame and and really probably couldn't couldn't make the Australian League, so he's probably done. Here's my I take think. on it, Craig. I think Kevin AC reported some stuff that was factual. You know, the the 285 number, all that. I think his conclusion, his analysis, to use the parlance of the kids, is trash. I think Kevin AC doesn't understand Manny Machado. And in his piece on whether Manny Machado was going to accept an extension, how many times did Kevin AC use the words AAV, Greg? I, I didn't do a LexisNexis on it, but can you Zero. answer Zero. He does <laughs> oh, not okay. bring up the AAV. Which, if you've talked Padres the last three months, it is central to their thinking right. heading into 2023. Now, perhaps the Padres, I don't think their initial offer classifies as a low ball. A low ball is what the Red Sox did to Xander. A, a low ball is, is kind of what 
you know, uh, who just had the same thing happen. Uh, Judge, Judge's first one was a real low ball, two hundred and forty yeah. million or whatever. I think the Padres' offer was more like a, "Hey, what would you think about this one, Manny? Does this fit in your goals?" And they did it two days before his deadline, uh, before spring training started. We don't know if his camp countered. We don't know if that. Manny has said today that it didn't offend him, that it's business is business, and that's what it's going to do. I think trying to lock him, lower his AAV by $2.5 million a year and extending him, I don't think that was a lowball insulting offer. I think it was a floor. You can't start negotiations at where you want him to sign. I want him to sign 10 years, three, 300. You can't start negotiations there if you're a, a professional operation. You have right. to start it a little bit lower. Um, and I don't disagree. I just think that that's a non-starter. Like, I mean, I agree. it's a floor, but if you're going to try and get Manny Ramirez to agree to a deal that is going to lower his AAV in any way and extend his commitment, it's got to raise his immediate salary. It can't that, be, we're going to... And that's team, what was missing. In but that's exactly what the team can't do. And I'm talking about place and time right now, heading into the 2023 season when Andy spending cost them 160% of what it's going to be. They can't do it. I think Kevin AC is ignoring the fact that this year they're trying to, you know, have a budget. So, and Manny's situation is unique. He's under contract, and I think that's why the Padres have reiterated our position is that the player's under contract for you know the long term, and he has an opt-out. That's our position. When he opts out, the 2023 AAV will have been wiped clean. The Padres won't be constrained by that. They're going to have other money coming off the books. They're going to have other decisions to make. I think this is... a a circumstance of place and time. It is not the right time for the Padres right now because they can't raise that AAV. Manny Machado thinks he's due a raise. That's the pride part of him. You know, maybe it's not $40 million. I think that was an absurd report. It came from a very uh, suspect source that has been wrong in huge things before and got immediately retracted somebody in Manny's camp hated that report didn't like it right. thought it was unproductive unhelpful and I don't trust Kevin AC's reporting of Manny's camp man he he what Kevin AC did and he he said this on the radio today is he published the entire uh, interaction so that nobody could say Manny that he was misreporting it because his relationship is so bad with Manny Machado so right. I don't trust AC to have any good analysis of what Manny Machado is thinking. And, and so therefore, I don't, I don't trust this narrative of it being the Padres. What, what did the dude say? I, I, I want to read a little bit from what, uh, from what Kevin AC had to say, because he let off his article painting this in the most negative possible kind of like frame. What he said was, hold on. Why isn't my technology working? He said something along the lines of, if the Padres want to keep their star player, Manny Machado, they have a curious way 
of showing it. That's exactly. If Padres really want to sign Manny Machado to a contract extension, they have a curious way of showing it. Uh, he goes on. That doesn't mean the Padres can't salvage this. It's not like Machado isn't going to listen to what they have to say if they present a significant offer. Money almost decides these situations in the end. But the Padres have some heavy lifting to do and some perceived slights to mend. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if Manny Machado feels slighted. Uh, and then he sums it up with saying, but given the timeline and evidence to date, it's difficult to draw any conclusion other then the Padres are only slightly interested in keeping Machado. At the least, they're only interested in keeping him on their terms and are willing to risk letting him walk. I think that's bad analysis. Given the timeline, really? yes, given the timeline, the Padres don't want to raise their AAV for 2023. And Manny's AAV is $30 million. They don't, they don't want it to go up anything. They don't want it to be 32 and a half. They don't want it to be 33 and a half. Because that raises it for the any moves that they make to make the team better uh, come the trade deadline. Uh, I know, and, and the whole that they're only slightly interested in keeping him. If you look at this conversation solely between Peter Seidler and Manny Machado, I feel like you feel a lot better about it. I feel like you're less worried about the noise because Peter Seidler says we love Manny. Our intentions are to have him in the clubhouse a long time. Manny Machado says I'm a Padre for 2023. I'm going to do everything I can to help this team win a World Series this year. And then next year, when I'm contra contractually allowed to opt out and pursue my options on the free agent market, I'm going to. And you guys need to know that. So, like, I don't, I do, I do not, I do not agree with Kevin AC. The Padres have shown they're only slightly interested in keeping Manny Machado. I, I think their first offer may seem a little low and unlikely for Machado to accept it, but that's what first offers are. I, I hear you. I, I don't necessarily agree with you. Um, I, I, I tend to feel that AC and me are, I, I'm hearing AC's logic and I'm picking up what he's putting down. Let me put it that way. But the next two things on our menu, I think are an easy transition. I believe you are asserting here, Chris, that the Padres have handled their business properly so far in their dealings with Manny Machado. <laughs> uh, they have done a good job of holding their line, keeping things cordial with an opportunity to still finish in a place that ends up with Manny Mach Machado a lifetime uh, San Diego Padre going into the Hall of Fame, wearing a Padres cap instead of his next, uh, uh, you know, landing spot, which it otherwise would be. So you'd say, so far, no notes. Padres are doing a great job. I don't know about no notes, man, because you know me. I'm a big Manny Machado fan. Like my heart bleeds for the guy. Like if the Padres would have said, you know, ten years, thirty six million, and signed him, I would have been perfectly happy with that. But I'm not sure the Padres think that that doing that right now is the best avenue to winning a World Series this year. And for that reason, I trust them. And it seems like they've acted professionally and in a way that's not likely to, to leave bitter feelings once the negotiations actually start. And they may be ongoing, we should note. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the Padres have handled their business fine. Uh... I if that truly was uh the entirety of their first offer to Manny Machado I take it that that's where you and I differ I think it's a it's a designed to be immediately rejected offer it it's not serious I I I don't think the I I would call it an unserious offer because Manny is not going to accept both hey just keep the 5 years 150 million that you know you are going to make more than and then we'll tack on less than that the rest of the way yeah it's got to be one or the other it's got to be we're going to give you more like they've done with darvish you darvish is going to make 30 million dollars next year but the overall aav is lesser they could have said manny we'll give you 40 million dollars next year but the total aav it's gonna it's gonna go like that and it and when and when which they would have and should have the machado camp rejected that i would have said well okay but that was a serious offer you know it was it was a a starting point this is what we think you might accept and then they go no we can't accept that now we're going to start negotiating when you start your negotiation it's kind of i don't know i feel like the same thing when you're doing trade offers when you start with a with a stupid offer like you know we want all we're going to give you nothing we want all your best things is that really a starting place to negotiate from? I always feel like you need to start with something that at least has the principles of what you would eventually adopt. Uh, and I know that Manny would never, ever accept the framework of, of what has been reportedly been offered. So that's why I just feel like that wasn't necessarily a serious offer, which really does open my mind to the next thing we got to talk about here. This is such a unique place. You have a 24-year-old superstar on this team that is a free agent a year later. You have the most unique player in baseball history that's going to be a free agent this year that we know the Padres have coveted in the past. And neither one of those things can happen if Manny Machado gets a huge raise combined with a grandfather contract that locks him in until he's 42 years old. So if the Padres want to keep their options and don't just want to lock in to give Manny all the bag, this is the only way that they can go is go down the risk road of what's going to happen by the end of the season. And then, and then we got to talk about what might happen during the course of the season. I think you just said it, man. If the Padres want to keep their options open for all that, this was the only first offer they were going to give Manny because it, it fits all of their needs. You know, it keeps them on the team longer. It gives them flexibility in the AAV. I think it's kind of like their dream contract, and it doesn't seem to me like it was designed to be insulting in the least. Like, I, and, and you use the word serious. 
I, I do think it's like right in the realm of serious. Like I like maybe like perfect world serious. Um, and like maybe they thought that Manny would have been right away. Well, that's close. Let's do. Let's run it back. Do you know five more years at one hundred and fifty mil? Maybe that's what they hoped was the ideal situation. But I think it's clear that Manny wants a raise. It doesn't just go to you know he wants to get a lot of money in the next two or three years and then have it go down. No, I think he wants to see his AAV tick up. He wants to you know know that he is in the elite, not just on the field, but as a business person. I think Manny Machado is two different dudes. I think he's a businessman, and then I think he's a ball player. And I'm excited we have the ball player on the team, when on the best Padres team ever. I, I know he's going to be a businessman when it comes down to it. I think the Padres have done a great job of taking care of their players and their earnestness and their statement saying they're going to do that with Manny are true. I, I don't if if Kevin AC had come out and said the Padres offered Manny four more years at a same AAV or declining, I would have been like, yeah, that that's totally a put thing. But they offered the same amount of years, lower AAV, hoping that maybe maybe Manny was all in to doing the help the team out thing. And he's not. You know, and they knew that they knew that they knew that going in. That's why I say that's I, I think I think we've done a good job here. Insulting. Throw that out the window. But I will stick with unserious. I, I will I, stick with. Unserious. Yeah, I, I don't you know, think I, they expected him to sign on the dotted line when they faxed it over. I agree. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, okay, this, this next bit might be very quick i think it'll be very quick i think manny has handled his business completely properly uh above and beyond he gave them a deadline he gave them months nothing happened the offer came in late it came in super low he told i i guarantee you he told him again uh the deadline's tomorrow you know like that kind of thing and then Keep it in came mind, back, this is also went. the deadline for spring training when the team has been formulated. It's been put together with a budget. Just keep that. Right. And, and Manny is a leader of the team. He doesn't want this to be the number one thing that's talked about every market, every week, everywhere he goes. So the way you do that as a leader is you knock it out at the top. Now, yeah. I, I'll come back and I will critique him if every market, every weekend, every trip 
it it's talked to, and he just keeps running his mouth on it all the way through the season. But I don't yeah. believe that to be the case. I think he's doing this. He was asked, right? He was asked a direct question. He answered it. People getting mad at a, at a ball player for answering a direct question directly and honestly uh, need to check themselves. It always uh, this blows is my we, mind. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is what we want. <laughs> this yes. is what we want as society and as sports fans. He could have been coy. He could have said, well, I could get hurt this year, so I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, blah, blah, blah. He could have done that, and he didn't. He said, no, I, the market's crazy. There's a lot of money out there. There's people willing to spend that sweet, sweet money, and I'm a delicious product. That's what he said, and he said, so I'm going to do it. Manny believes in Manny. And Manny's going to back Manny. And the Padres knew that when they offered Manny Machado the most money mm-hmm. and the most years and an opt-out halfway through, and he took it. And now he is utilizing that. Yeah. Manny Machado is not somebody who's going to go, hey, you know what? Let me lay it easy on you. You were nice to me, so let me give you a little break. That's not Manny Machado. No. You know, and... and you know, Cristiano Ronaldo is on his fourth club. Right? Perfect. Perfect, and, Craig. An all-time great. An all-time great. But somebody who always backs himself in every circumstance, in every situation. He's always going to go for the most money. He's going to yeah. go for the, the biggest play. And that means he's on four clubs, you know, as, as opposed to being on two clubs for his career. And if Manny Machado's on four clubs for his career, which he very well could be instead of three, I'm going to completely understand it, Rafi. So I don't mean to speak for you guys. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to assume this is a pretty pro-labor podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're the only pro-labor podcast. So, it's always uh, a pro-labor co- podcast. So uh, Comrade Craig, Comrade Chris, uh, let me just say this. Uh, Manny Machado is labor. And I know that that doesn't sound, it sounds weird when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, but I think this is something that gets lost in the discourse and like, especially when the lockout was happening, you know, the, the greedy players narrative, I think is a thing that I have a particular hard time with and why I felt compelled to raise my hand just now, because I've seen some of it on, uh, the, uh, fiery hellscape formerly known as Twitter. I've seen it on Reddit and I've seen it in our discord too. Uh, of, of people being like, you know, hey, you want to have the narrative of uh, playing for a team and retiring and going into the Hall of Fame and everything like that. And yes, those are the things that make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside as a sports fan. But like, I, it does not align with my values, which is uh, someone who is uh, who is working, who offers his labor and is asking for what his labor is worth. And everyone knows it's what it's worth. So I, I think it's important to reframe the context of the conversation between management and labor. And when you look at it that way, I think come seeing where Manny comes from makes a lot more sense. Dude, maybe not even what he's worth. When Mike Trout signed his mega deal, which was 12 years, 430 million, whatever it was, people calculated what he was actually worth to Anaheim and they were getting a smoking deal. If, if, you know, a right. war is worth $8 million, he's an 80, 90, $100 million a year player. 
And like the, the math isn't the same with Manny, but when Manny signed his deal, Bryce Harper and him were the only people who got paid that entire free agency. You know, it was before a new CBT was being negotiated. They were the only guys who got any money whatsoever that year. Bryce Harper at the end of this year, at the end of the NLCS had the owner of the Phillies, middle Brooks or whatever, clapping him on the shoulder saying, I underpaid you. I uh, look at me. I'm getting, I'm getting my money's worth and way more. Well, Manny Machado was a better negotiator than Bryce Harper turns out. And he's going to get another shot at it in an entirely different market, an entirely different landscape where, you know, there's now six teams, seven teams willing to drop the bag on guys who give that five, six, seven wins above replacement. Uh, tremendous uh, discussion and insight uh, from both of you guys. My pug walked in the room and started acting like an idiot right in the middle of it, so <laughs> I, I muted myself. I hope most of that didn't come through. Um, okay, so now, there's, an, there's another, even before we get to the end of this, there's another thing we got to talk through, which is what could happen this year. Because right now, we're all thinking about Manny, what Manny Machado did last year and what Manny Machado did the year before and what he did the year before that. And we're going, oh my God, what happens if we lose Manny Machado? But this year has yet to be played. Manny Machado can back himself Go out there and hit 268 with 21 home runs and 71 RBI this year. He can hit like Angels Anthony Rendon. Ah, you know, can get hurt and, like and, Angels Anthony Rendon. Right, it hasn't happened much in Manny's career, but maybe you know. And I don't even I don't like to even speak those words into an ex, into existence. But you know, it could happen. It could happen at any time. He could trip off the curb. You know, a golf cart could hit him. Anything could happen. And I'm not saying it should or will or, or, or I God, I hope it doesn't. But the possibility that Manny Machado, it's in my head right now. Chris. You're doing great, Greg. It's, you do. <laughs> it's so in there. I have to stop each time and look both ways before I cross the street. When I say Manny, I don't know why. Uh, Let me help you. Yeah. Right there. Machado. I, I, need, I need to like have the bobblehead right here. Um, <laughs> that is very much in the realm of probability that Manny Machado has a less than season this year. Uh, also, an injury year. Also, a superstar year. Yep. Where... Manny Machado backing himself says, I'm going to go for the big boy bucks and he pulls an Aaron judge. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to say he's going to hit, you know, 62 homers, but maybe he hits 50 homers and hits 325 and drives steals in bags with it. Yeah. yeah, right. Drives in 145 runs this year because he's driving into Tyson Soto over and over and over and over and over again. And in doing so, he plays himself into the biggest third contract in the history of Major League Baseball. Via Condio. Yeah. You just delivered 
the the season the Padres needed to get to where they had to be. And we'll have the hardware of 2023 to celebrate that, combined with the flexibility of saying, God bless you, Manny. We loved you. Now you're going to sign with the Giants or the, well, the Giants never get their guys. So let's just pick pick on them for a minute. You can flirt with the Giants and sign with the Mets. Exactly. You can flirt with the Giants and then go sign with the Yankees because the Mets are out of money. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're never out of money. Maybe they'll have a, maybe they'll pay a billion dollars a year for their payroll. But uh, more likely, you know, they'll go sign for the Yankees for 12 seasons until he's 44 and then they'll have his shredded remains at the end of that deal and the Padres can turn around and offer the bag to Juan Soto And, and you know this takes me back to that question we answered on the athletic fan survey a few weeks ago Chris we disagreed at the time and I'm staying with my last position. Like, if you're going to throw a bag at somebody, Juan Soto at 26 or Manny Machado at 32, <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing it to Juan Soto. I refuse to let this be an either or. I, I still think there's a definite possibility that the Padres want four studs at the top of their order, that that's their long-term financial goal, budget, whatever. Um, but that scenario you just laid out where Manny goes gangbusters is commanding at AAV of 36, 37, 38, $40 million in a frenzied free agent, free agency where it's only him and Shohei. Those are the only two games in town that change your team, you know, in the next free agency. And if that happens, man, I'm fine with that. And I do think it puts them in a great position for Soto. And I'm stoked about that. But I also think that the Padres want four bats. And then you're trying to fill that production anyway. So if this comes down to Manny leaving because he got a 10-year, $350 million offer and the Padres only went up to 10 years, 320, that's the only scenario where I'm bruised at the end of this. Because then Manny just isn't who I, you know, hoped he would be. I would, I would hope that he would take the few extra bucks to to stay with the team he just won with. Um, but I, if the scenario is he has a Aaron Judge esque season, the Padres are in the World Series, and then he goes off and makes his fortune elsewhere. Man, yeah, that that was a good that was a good result for us. Best contract the Padres ever signed. And that is literally the last, because we're about to transition to talk about another player and another contract. That's kind of the last thing that I, that I wanted to get to is that AJ Preller is becoming one of the most unique GMs in the history of baseball in terms of the types of contracts he's signed. And we were all over him on this show for years for some terrible contracts that he gave out. Eric Hosmer was a God awful contract. And within it, you saw the, the prototype of yeah. what's to come, player options, reduced numbers, you know, all of these things. You're holding the uh, bag at the end, but it's a $13 million a year bag. Right. Uh, you know, Myers was a terrible contract. 
But now you got to say he has signed some of the best contracts in baseball history. Fernando Tatis Jr., we are never going to deal with this with Fernando Tatis Jr. The only way Fernando Tatis Jr. gets a new deal is if he does something like, I won't play. Yeah. I won't show up unless you tear up my deal. The kind of thing that would tear up his reputation, which is already torn up. Not a, and, he'd, and he'd have no he, options in baseball. He's like, you don't get he's to like play. three MVPs from being able to do that. I'm not even yeah. kidding. He's like two or three MVP awards from being able to go tear up my contract. He's going to go till 36 and they can let him go. And, and it'll be the greatest contract in baseball history. And you know what will be the second greatest? Five years, $150 million for the five best years of Manny Machado's career. Yep. So this is a smart direction and one uh, that I, I'm... I'm just not as nervous as everybody else. I, I'm I'm completely okay now to the, we move on. We get one more great year and we move on. If we could, we'll do a completely different show, an emergency show <laughs> when the contract comes out. And you know what? We'll have beers. We'll crack them. We'll celebrate. We'll celebrate if Manny Machado ends his career as a San Diego Padre. I know we're 45 minutes into Manny Machado. Um, but it's, it's the thing minutes, that everyone's yeah. been talking about. I think I think everyone loved this uh, 45 minutes. I, I would love it. for it to be the last that. 45 minutes. I think we're putting a lot of anxiety into a place that doesn't need it from us. I think we should be worried more about how Louis Campusano is going to fare with his additional time, considering we don't have a catcher behind him. I think we should be focused on who's going to play right field the first month or so of the season. Uh, I just think Manny Machado is a San Diego Padre, guys. He's a San Diego Padre. That sentence still makes no sense five years later, but he is. But guess what? Juan Soto is a San Diego Padre. Sander Bogarts is a San Diego Padre. And Fernando Tatis, once he's off of a certain list, will be a San Diego Padre again, too. So we have so much to be excited about. I, I, I'm grateful that Manny has said, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I hope he lives up to that, like you said, because we have an unparalleled season to get ready for. Manny Ramirez is a San Diego Padre. <laughs> Xavier be. Hernandez if, is a San Diego Padre. Dude, if Cole Hamels is a San Diego Padre, why not Manny Ramirez? Why not Xavier Hernandez? Let's go back and to the I'm old Houston Astros bullpen. Let's dig in there. Let's, let's get that fork ball out and see what's going on. Yeah. Dust that bad boy off. Okay. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
what I assumed prior to all of this was going to be uh, this week's topic was the Padres signing Michael Walker, something that happened in between Padres hot tubs and is the unique uh, timing and signing plus COVID of like not quite to the level of an emergency podcast or group therapy for Michael Walker. We'll just hang on till Monday <laughs> type signing. Nonetheless, that allowed time for the reporting to come out. and. Also for some analysis to come yeah. out, uh, Rafi sent us a great Fangraphs article uh, by Ben Clemens uh, that that came out today and truly illustrated the fascinating levels of this Michael Walker deal. I think it is truly one of the smartest deals I have seen in my baseball loving life, uh, Mr. Mr. Man, and let's talk about it. It blows my mind, dude. When we were talking about that, we were talked about Michael Waka and Cole Hamels about two hours before they announced that Michael Waka was going to be a Padre. Maybe it was the next morning, yeah. whatever. We yeah, like really. it, the words we were out him. of yeah, the words were out of her mouth that we don't want him. But those words were under the assumption that he was seeking the deal that had been reported, which was two years, thirty million dollars, fifteen million dollars per. That's what he was looking for. That doesn't make any sense to the Padres. They have no that it's not good for the Padres to do that for a number four or five starter. And then, like you said, he announced he signs. Ooh, let's see what this number is going to be. What does this mean? What does this mean? We can't get in twenty twenty four. And it turns out it is just honey to San Diego Padres ears. Six year six million AAV over four. If it gets to that, which is unlikely, as we'll talk about. Uh, but it's also a guy who is excited to play for the Padre. Indeed. Uh, here are, if you don't know, the details uh, of this contract, which were reported out like three or four days after the signing. It was that I think it was that complicated. It took that much time uh, to, to figure it all out. So Michael Waka got three and a half million dollars for signing on the bottom line. He got a signing bonus, and that money's already uh, in his account. Three and a half million dollars. His salary for this year is four million dollars. So added up, it's seven and a half million dollar commitment this year to Michael Walker. And that's it in terms of hard, fast commitment. At the end of the year, the team has the opportunity to simultaneously pick up consecutive club options for 2024 and 2025 at 16 million dollars per year it's it's both or nothing so end of the year they either say we want you for the next 2 years at 32 million dollars or it's in your court now and then it's on Michael Walker and he gets three consecutive but not simultaneous Player options, 2024, six and a half million, 2025, six million, 2026, six million dollars. So from a baseball average annual value, ah, average annual value, uh, how they add it up from a computation standpoint, club options do not count against average annual value player options do 
count against average annual value. So the number gets lowered because you have three declining player options. However, they're irrelevant. Yep. Because it's an either or, it's an opt in, opt out type situation, which really does, and we'll get into the analysis uh, of this, which I, you know, my mind wasn't, uh, you know, it's obviously COVID confused. Uh, I, I thought we, we signed a completely different Michael, but what Ben Clemens came up with uh, really makes me understand now it's, it's a reverse risk sharing contract where each side swaps their upside for their downside risk. Uh, and that was the thing of that article that Rafi sent over that really blew my mind is I did not know the distinction between team and player options that you can dangle the carrot of, you know, uh, Jameson Tyone money, you know, Taiwan Walker money. If Michael Walker comes out and pitches like a number two, a number three starter, if he has that in him and he's that piece for the Padres going forward, lottery ticket, you've done great. If reality is reality as we see it, and he's probably not that, you just got him filling the biggest need the team has. I mean, you, it's been completely unanimous. Everybody saw the weakness on the Padres, and it was starting pitching, the four or five spot. They fill that. They, they, it won't cost them $16 million. Like I speculated, if they signed him to a $10 million, it would be a real cost of $16 million. It doesn't cost them that. It doesn't put them over the escalators of the A of the CBT and the competitive balance tax. It fills their needs perfect. It's a masterstroke. Yeah, the genius in this is when you really dig into the why would one of these things happen instead of another one of these things. How do these results play out? So Michael Walker is now at this stage in his career, right? Pretty much ten years in to his big league career. He is a fairly established product. He's pitched, you know, poorly. He's pitched, a li- you know, a little worse. He's pitched a little better. But at the end of the day, you're not expecting more than, you know, 140-ish innings, you know, four-ish ERA for, it, for Michael Walker. If you just keep it at the last five years, the dude has been a rock-solid 120 innings. You know? Yeah. Just... Uh, the ERA has fluctuated between, you know, high fives to, to mid threes, you know, not great, but pretty darn good at his best. So now I'd like to, I'm going to read from what Ben Clemens wrote, because what he put together just made all the sense in the world. Uh, and in doing so, he wants to be the person who names this type of contract for all time <laughs> and he's got it. And so I want to help amplify this. And amplify his new name. So this type of deal, which Nick Martinez signed the same deal, basically the same deal, okay? This is called a risk reversal contract. Risk reversal contract. And I'll now read from what he wrote to explain it. It says there's a, from a financial textbook, he says, there's a particular options strategy known as risk reversal that roughly mirrors this structure. A risk reversal involves one counterparty buying an option on a stock or asset price increasing and selling an option on that price decreasing. That's essentially what's going on here. 
If Waka ends up good enough that he's worth $16 million or more per year, the Padres can pay him $16 million and retain him. If he turns into peak Pedro Martinez tomorrow, they still only have to pay him $16 million. That's the upside that Michael Waka has given away. In that sense, they own an option on his performance level increasing. On the other side of things, if Waka gets hurt or his performance declines such that he'd expect a tiny contract next year, he can instead hold the team to a $6.5 million deal. In other words, they're agreeing to be on the hook for next year even if Waka doesn't think he could get that $6.5 million on the open market. In that sense, the two are swapping risks. Waka is giving the Padres some upside protection. The Padres are giving him some downside protection. It's a textbook risk reversal. And that's why I absolutely love it. You play the scenarios out and you go, Michael Waka is trash, right? Michael Waka pitches poorly. He pitches to a six ERA next year. And you don't want to even see his face. Can't well, get an out in a wild card round. Right. Well, if you cut him, it's six and a half million dollars. He's gonna he's gonna opt in to a six and a half million dollar deal and you can cut him. Okay, and then there's a six million and there's you know, right? So you know, there's there's the, that three year, but it's not it's it's not a lot. And that's a, not a very likely scenario, right? Mm. Could he get hurt? Sure, he could get hurt. But that's not a very high percentage scenario. And even if he Neither, does get hurt, if he gets hurt and it's not something you're, you have him for next year at, at that rate. Right, right, absolutely, which is still a completely acceptable rate. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a middling thing, if it's not Tommy John surgery, right? You know, if, if, if there's something else that happens, if he hurts his knee, you know? Oh, bleak. And, and, and he has, right. And, and, well, you've still got that. You've got that insurance, uh, and you know he'll take it because he's not going to get more on the market. The key is where he is relative to his market value, right? If he stays right where he was, pitches just like he did with the Red Sox last year, like a 330 ERA with a higher FIP, then he'll be in an interesting spot. Yeah. Because that would be maybe enough for him to maybe be market valued at $16 million a year. And the Padres could maybe make that choice, but far more likely is they'd say, okay, that's the spot, that's the tiny window in which Michael Walker leaves the Padres. The, the point where he pitches just well enough, like just a little bit better than his value, but really not a lot better than his value. But if he really kicks ass, it's the best case scenario in the world. For the Padres, if he actually unlocked something and, you know, he finds the Shazam ring or whatever, I don't know. And he just shows up and he throws bullets and he is Jake Peavy 2007. You've got the best contract in baseball because you've got that guy for $16 million when he'd make 36. So it, it's everything works. And the only way he goes is still by pitching well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it it's pretty you you already said it, but it's really similar to Nick Martinez. You know, Nick Martinez finished his year kind of doing about 130% better 
than the Padres. Maybe uh, let me rephrase that: thirty percent better. Hundred percent is what they expected. Right. They got a hundred and thirty percent out of him. You know, just a little bit on the lines that he's probably worth more than what you guaranteed him in his contract at the the player option. So he's going to want to see the market, but they had done right by him when they brought him back to the major leagues. So they were able to say, Nick, let's do this again, man. We liked what you saw. Here's a little raise. Here's some more life security. And let's see if he can do it again. And, you know, if Michael Waka turns out like Nick Martinez did last year, Nick Martinez was a huge reason Padres went as far as they did. You know, he, he, he put them over the, the, the line needed in probably three to four games. I know that's not his war, but I can say that I saw Nick Martinez save two to four games to the Padres last year. And if they got out of Michael Waka, we're, we're talking about winning a division. I just want to do yeah. a little uh, reset. Uh, this is, I, I, I love, I love this contract structure. I think this is super interesting, but I want to give the listeners kind of a perspective on the likelihoods of all this stuff, because uh, there's only, uh, Ben goes on to say in his article, there's only about a two to 5% chance that he projects the Padres exercising this club option, which means right. they are not very confident that, that uh, um, Michael Walk is going to turn into peak Pedro Martinez or anything. There's uh, roughly an 80% chance, actually, that uh, they project that uh, it's Waka exercising his player option at the end of the year. There's a really interesting 15% gray area where the Padres say, no, we're not going to pay you the $16 million per for the next two years. But Waka says, oh, maybe I could get a little bit more. You know, if I, maybe I could get 10 on the open market, in which case he would turn down his option and go the route of Jerickson Profar and, you know try and test the free agent market maybe to the same or different results. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was kind of said earlier, it, it is Michael Walker. We do have a track record. I, I, I really not confident that he's going to turn into peak Pedro Martinez or, or anything that would warrant the kind of money that would see the Padres exercising their option. But it's fun to hope. It's very fun to hope. It is. And, you know, he, he's not been a, you know, he's been a great pitcher early in his career. Uh, you know, he went through a middling stage at this point, he's rotation depth and that it, it's, you know, here's the other thing. The very last thing about that is, is when you think about, and, and the reason why Clemens wrote that it's so likely he takes that club, that first player option is it's not a one year thing. It's not like jerks and profile. Well, you're opting in for a year at this amount. You're opting in for a year with the chance to do it again. So it's really two years. You're giving yourself that security of I know I have this deal this year, and by peak by taking it, I also know I have the same deal waiting for me next year, and I've got the same opportunity to outpitch it and to jump back in to the market. So it's always incentivizing him to do well. Uh, you know that was the mistake of like the Hosmer contract, the Myers. There was no real build in for them to do well down the stretch. But with all of these, all of these deals, the player succeeds more, the better he does. And, and so I just feel like the entire setup, and, and it's great that you brought the percentages in, Rafi. Uh, it, it does. It, it bodes well uh, for, for the San Diego Padres. Now, the last thing, though, 
we're, we're happy. We're thrilled with the contract. It's brilliant. We we think that that the setup is amazing. We think the execution of this meal is 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 impeccable. But does it taste good? Are we are we excited? Are we happy? Michael Walker's here. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm jamming, man. I I wrote a month ago that the Padres needed another starting pitcher, and I wanted somebody in the four slot. I didn't want a fringe five or six. They already got two of those guys. Nick Martinez uh, performed admirably in his rotational work and then better in the bullpen. Seth Lugo hasn't been a workable major league starter in years and years. So I didn't like either of those guys being coming pitching after Blake Snell. Now, I, you know, if I'm filling out the rotation, I've got Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Waka, Martinez, Lugo. Got somebody after Snell that is an innings eater. You know, he pitches longer than Blake Snell. He had two outings last year where he threw under five innings, and those were four. They were at the end of the year when he was gassed after having not pitched much the year before. So the dude is an innings eater. I think that does great things for the bullpen like it did last year. Our bullpen was ready and charged up for the playoffs because all year we had Musgrove and Darvish eating up innings and Manaya doing it to a lesser extent. So I think Washa Slyson really nice in that four spot. I think it's excellent. I, I, I really want Jay Groom to be a productive Padres starter um, this spring training. I hope he kicks ass because that bodes really well the next six years. But I'm so happy we aren't relying on that. Right. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's just it's a security blanket. It's a nice warm Padres hot tub blanket. Right over the top, incredibly valuable and, yeah, for our big patrons, our huge patrons. So uh, check that out. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I'm when I first heard it, I was like, okay, and then when I heard the deal, I'm like, amazing, absolutely amazing. So yeah. excited because I didn't want him at it's twenty million, man. I didn't want him there. Like we don't want him there. No. But at six, no. incredible. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels going to make the team? No. Cole Hamels going to upset the apple cart? No. No. He'll just no. be gone. No. <laughs> he, why, why did we sign Cole Hamels? Because he had a good workout. He had a workout that was captivating, and AJ Preller loves workouts, and he just wanted to see more out of it. What's the scenario by which Cole Hamels makes the San Diego Padres? Scenario is that he accepts a minor league assignment out of spring, which if he pitches well, he won't do because then he'll pick up with the Pirates or, you know, one of these other franchises that will sign him and then trade him at the deadline. Uh, so the best case for the Padres is he pitches well, he accepts a minor league assignment, and then when somebody gets hurt or when somebody is unavailable, they can bring him up and he's a... Uh, you know, he's a four and a half ERA guy. If Cole Hamels accepts a, a El Paso Chihuahua number three starters job. I'm not going to eat my hat, but <laughs> I'll be very surprised. 
That's why my answer was no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's just going to be gone. He'll he'll be gone, but good good on you, Cole Hamels. Yeah, I can't think of a good scenario by which Cole Hamels makes the Padres. I feel like it involves people getting hurt that I don't want to think about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he'd have to pitch well. So there's that. Yeah, I know and- he can pitch well. He won the World Series in 2008, for God's sake. So 15 years ago, he was terrific. Yeah, single-handedly, just about. That was 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, quickly to the rest. Uh, Nick Martinez, WBC starter. That yeah. BDN energy is coming to Team USA <laughs> because Clayton Kershaw couldn't get an insurance policy <laughs> on pitching in the WBC because of all of his back and, and arm problems. And so he opted out. And so they went back and said, pretty please. And I know Nick Martinez had said, if they give me a starters load, I will work. I will pitch for team USA because he wanted to make sure he got the starters workload because he wants to be a starter this year, as opposed to a reliever, which is what they were planning on. So now Nick Martinez is in the WBC. How do we feel about this? Well, you just said it, man. Cole Hamels only makes the team if certain things go horribly wrong, and Nick Martinez pitching in the World Baseball Classic just increased those variables by one. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) Doesn't he seem like exactly the type of guy that'll take it way too seriously? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We'll reach back for a little something more because his face is loaded. Fourth inning, games on the line. Manny's at the plate. Reach back for a little more. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I wish he wasn't there. Um, And the more I think about this, the more I hate the WBC. And I love the WBC. Um, So as quickly as I possibly can, I would like to see Major League Baseball either commit to this tournament or get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a dream. They have a stated goal for the WBC to be thought of like the World Cup of baseball. The World Cup and FIFA uh, forces club teams to release their players to the National League, to the national teams when they are needed Mm -hmm. for a, a qualifying window for a practice window for a tournament window and they have to go it's above their duties to the club major league baseball thinks this is a really cool idea but they want to put it in spring training when players have something else they need to do other than playing these games to get ready to play 162 games in 180 days one of my favorite incredible stats 162 games, 180 days, 18 days that you don't play a baseball game over six full months. So with that, you have created a circumstance where the players cannot be at their ultimate for this tournament, where the rosters are quite often determined by who is available by circumstance, by injury, and, and of course, injury is always an issue, but, but you know what I'm saying? There's, there's layers of circumstance as to who dots these teams. 
if baseball wants to do this, they need to do it in the middle of the season and they need to take a month break in the season, six week break in the season. And it's going to mean starting the regular season earlier. And it's going to mean finishing later, but they need to release the teams to the national teams when it's time. And they need to do it in the middle of the year when everyone's available and everyone is at full strength. And then they will have a tournament like no other and one that everyone would dream of. But they would need every global league to sign into an organizing body that would at that point be able to say, when we call, you come. And this and this tournament begins, and they're not gonna do that. And so we're gonna continue to have this half measure of a of a tournament that has half the guys that you like to see playing half. The- um, you know why WBC will never be the World Cup, Craig? Why? Because. Because baseball is not the most popular sport in the world with, you know, dozens and dozens of countries that have built their national identity around it. I think my uh, thing changed for a second. Yep. Right. So. Not soccer. Yeah. I I think your idealist vision of it is fantastic and I I think would be wonderful. It's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. So we, if we want to see the, the stage built for some international players and see the game built, we're just going to have to be on the edge of our seat when BDN is up on that bump trying to, trying to get through the, the best lineup ever assembled by a baseball team. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But as far as I'm concerned, then you, this, you you could also do without the tournament. You, you know, could also do without the tournament. You could just not do it, and that'd be fine. Uh, do it big or don't do it. That's that's my rule. Um, okay, real quick. I sent you guys this article. Uh, Rafi sent us the great Ben Clemens article. I sent you guys an article from Sports Info Solutions uh, about <laughs> Xander Bogarts. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, Mark Simon, I know, is, is a former ESPN statistician, really... So there are a couple of interesting things in here, uh, you know, breaking down Xander Bogart's defense, uh, that he in particular improved one thing last year. He improved his range and his accuracy in fielding balls hit to his right. Uh, from 2017 to 19, Xander Bogart's made 41 fewer plays than expected on balls hit to his right, and in the last two years, he's cut that down to three fewer plays than expected on balls to his right. He also uh, got, he, he's the second best uh, shortstop at converting balls they get to on the forehand to outs. So he's taken two things. He's specifically cranked them up uh, and that led to his, uh, for the first time ever having a defensive run saved positive number instead of a negative number uh, last year, it's the thing we're hanging our hats on as Padres fans that we didn't just put our worst shortstop at shortstop and put all our other better shortstops at third base, uh, right, right field and second base, uh, respectively. 
Um, I, I read that article. It was great analysis. Uh, it's really hard for me to think that five plus uh, run saved is anything more than an anomaly. Looking at the rest of his track record, I know he worked on it. I know it, it's been a point of pride for him the, this year and the year before. But I will just say that I was on Instagram watching his workouts and I was watching Hassan Kim's workouts. And when Xander <laughs> goes to his right, when Xander goes to his right, there looked like there was a lot of technique and a lot of skill being applied to that throw across the diamond uh, that got to the first baseman. And when Hassan Kim did it, Hassan Kim. Did it? Wow. <laughs> We've gone to a whole new level. I'm going to have to put the explicit tag on this episode now. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, uh, this is now PhD after dark. It's a completely Listen, different Patreon level. Drips. He drips. You all know this. You all have seen him. You've seen those guns. You've seen his physique. Don't blame me for a Freudian slip. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but when the good news is Hasang's life just went up to a $30 Patreon level. Uh, <laughs> it, the second he just heard this, it just happened. I'm saying when Hasang Kim went to his right and fielded a ball, it was thrown across the field with the velocity of a hypersonic missile. It hit yep. its target perfectly. I'm not going to get over this that easily that he is not our starting shortstop. I'm hoping for the best. Here's the piece of this. Um, article, and I did not buy the Bill James Handbook 2023, so I was not privy to this information, but uh, check this out. It says, as noted in the Bill James Handbook 2023, Xander Bogarts ranks as the player with the highest injury risk in 2023 yeah. by our injury tools projections. If there's one thing I have not heard about Xander Bogarts, it's Xander Bogarts injury risk. I've heard Xander Bogarts super steady player that's going to be there every day. But here's their reason why. And this is just mm. very, very interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, the first part I was like, eh, what do you care? First thing they write is Bogart, Bogarts played in 150 games last season, but left four games early due to injury and was taken out of the lineup four other times due to lingering back or hamstring issues. Okay, whatever. Sounds like he's super reliable. Here's the interesting one. Since 2021, Xander Bogarts has the second highest number of sliding, diving, and jumping plays with 150 bodily sacrifice is a factor that impacts our injury projections. Given that Bogarts has recorded an out on 10 of his last 72 dives, keep an eye on whether he changes his approach in that regard in 2023. Fascinating. So this is a guy who lays out all the time defensively, but he's not getting there. He doesn't have that super advanced Fernando Tatis Jr. Ha Sung Kim range. That twitch. What he's got, right. What he's got is technique and the ability to get to balls efficiently and then handle them efficiently when he gets to them. He's, he's Cal Ripken style defense more than he is Fernando Tatis Jr. style defense. 
Yeah. I, I also thought it was all hamstring injuries last year. You know, that's something that when it's aggravated and it's lingering, it never quite goes away. Um, yeah, dude, that's all the things that I worry about X, you know, it still kind of blows my mind that he's not slated to be our second baseman, but I get it. He's making 28 million, 26 million a year. And, and our, our love Hassan Kim is only making seven and you gotta, you gotta pease attitudes and egos, but it, it still blows my mind that right away he's the shortstop. I hope it works out great. I hope he doesn't tear his hamstring diving for a ball that's three feet beyond his glove. And, uh, you know, but I'll say this. I also don't really care too much about projections and percentages because anything can happen. It's chaos, baby. That's what we live in. So I'm going to worry about that when it happens. And until then, just bank on that bat being there, uh, being there for the team. And if Xander gets hurt, we'll put Kim at shortstop. <laughs> that's right. Padres Hot Tub, we've reached the end of this one. Thanks to everyone for listening. Be so kind. Drop a five-star review in there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, written reviews, uh, we'll name-check them uh, on a future podcast. And don't forget, patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. Have a great week. We'll be back with group therapy later in the week. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.